My name's Ron Moore, and I'm here with Maria Stockman, and we want to thank you for joining us on this Fresh Faith podcast. Maria, we have a great podcast today. We're going to talk about it in just a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. But first, I want, to, I want to ask you something. We have been going through this 2020 challenge of people reading through the Bible. It's been very cool to get some response back and um, talk a little bit about that and encourage people to get involved with us if they haven't already started. Yeah, so I think it's been so fun. We started a Facebook group because we thought, well, we've got this huge church and we are inviting people from all over to participate. And so if you've got a cousin in New Mexico or or Florida or Oregon, like invite them into this. And so what better way to have uh, that community than virtually through a Facebook group? So we have the Bible 2020 Facebook group and we can invite you into that. You can search for that. You can find at Ron Moore at Facebook and kind of that'll link you down into that path. But it's been really cool to see people interact and you and I and and another person, Sue, on our team, we've been trying to monitor Facebook and and respond to answers. And we can't do it fast enough because everyone in the group is responding faster than we can get to it. And it's been so cool to see the resources that are available out there and, and people just, you know, sharing biblical truth. There's, it's been awesome. So um, it's been fun. I think even today when we talk to Christine, you'll hear her reference, you know, she's reading through the the Bible. And so that's been fun at the church to, to hear people like we're all in this word together. Together, and we're doing it at the same, you know, pace, reading the same verses. And so that's been really neat to see. So we want to invite everyone to join us. So if someone wants to join, how's the best way? What's the best way for them to uh, to sign up? Can we put it in the, in the show notes or how do you want to do that? Yeah, we'll link it into the show notes so that you can sign up for the daily devotional. So we send that out every morning um, to your email. And then also, like I said, we post it out on the Facebook group too. So you don't have to get the email if you're not an email person and you don't have to be in the Facebook group. But if you do have questions and you aren't a Facebook person, email them to me, mstockman at biblechapel.org. And we'll put all this in the show notes for you. But yeah, everyone is welcome to, to get involved. You can go to ronmore.org and sign up for the, the email devotional as well. And one, one more thing real quick. We uh, really appreciate all those who are listening. And uh, you always encourage those who listen to do something that helps us gain more listeners. So talk about that. Yes. We would love for you to give us a five-star rating on whatever device or whatever app you're using to listen to us. But when we get uh, ratings and reviews, that allows other people to find this podcast more easily in their search bar. So if you would just drop us a rating, five stars would be awesome. Um, And just review that it's just so helpful for other listeners out there. Um, And then we just love that feedback as well. That's great. So today, Fresh Faith is just talking about real stuff that's going on in people's lives. And today, uh, we have a, a podcast I think you're going to enjoy with um, Steve and Christine Ross. Um, they uh, had some stuff uh, going on in their lives with yeah. uh, with the child and then later on a, a challenging time. And really, I, th- I think the cool thing about this uh, podcast, Maria, is... Um, they, it's, it's, it's God's story, mm-hmm. right? That, uh, he, that he works through them. Uh, just give a little preview about what listeners are going to hear on this podcast. Yeah. So Stephen, Christine just have this great story of, 
um, just where God brought them through some really, really hard times and having, um, a, um, premature baby, uh, job loss. And I love that Steve basically says at one point, he's like, just don't think that we had these tough times and then we moved on and then we were fine. And, you know, he said they're, they're still students of that time. And, and while they had these, um, you know, I think Christine called it a desert season or a dry season. It was, it was hard. Um, but one of my favorite things that Christine talks about, at, at one point is she says, there's excitement and anticipation for what God is going to show you in these seasons of trouble and hardship. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love their attitude. Um, they're, they are just never doubting that God has been in control. And it's just really cool to see how he's taken them through those valleys and, and mountains. And it's been awesome. That's cool. Well, without further ado, let's, uh, let's listen to uh, Steve and Christine Ross. Well, we are glad, Maria, to have today Christine and Steve Ross with us. Yeah, we um, got to hear some of their story in um, our Christmas series, and so we just knew mm-hmm. that we had to have them on the show, so we're really excited about that today. Little known fact, Christine is a Ph.D. in developmental psychology. Christine, you tell us just a little bit about that, because I when people— you sing on the worship team. Both of you are on the worship team. And when people see you up there, they don't think of you as Dr. You know, Dr. Ross. So That is true. That is true. Um, I pursued uh, psychology, actually, after just being interested in the field and realized that I had an interest in children and how they develop and who they are and how they think. And so I just decided to pursue a uh just a doctoral degree in that area and just really enjoyed it. And during the course of that pursuit in education, I actually completely changed directions in my life. I actually became a Christian during that time and my priorities completely changed. And I realized that although I wanted to finish my degree, I also had a desire to stay home and have a family. So I had to make a decision at that time to to either pursue that field and that career or um, pursue motherhood. And God just really laid out the the design and the the steps for me to actually be a stay at home mom. So, th- which is why I'm not Dr. Ross to most people. <laughs> um, in fact, I get my um, fulfillment in with children in working here at the church in Tender Shepherd Preschool. So I am technically using my degree in a way that I never thought I would, um, but that God had just provided a opportunity for. I think we have more PhDs in Tender Shepherd Preschool than anywhere <laughs> else in the church. So that's pretty cool. Yes, that's it's pretty a, cool. It's a great bunch up there. <laughs> For sure. And Steve, uh, you uh, are a musician. You um, play, I think, everything, right? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, mostly mostly keyboard. I mean, I can get by on other things, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm a piano player, keyboard player. That's cool. I we... can sing in a pinch. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you guys here at the Bible Chapel and uh, just the way you, you, um, you minister in a lot of different ways, but lead us in, in music. Uh, many uh, of the weekends. I was going to say just about every weekend. I think probably just about every weekend one of you are up there. Uh, One of you is up there, so that's really cool for us. We want to talk today about just some things. um, uh, You know, a a lot of times you see someone and uh, you think you know some of their story, but you really don't. And so we we want to talk today about some uh, challenging times that God has taken uh, you guys through. 
Um, one uh, is a job situation, and we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, let's talk about Emily first. Uh, uh, why don't you guys tell the story of Emily and some of the things your first daughter, Emily, we, has worked here at the Bible Chapel, so we, we were, uh, um, so much appreciate her. But just tell us about Emily and some of the things you went through early on. Um, well, I think that uh, we, going into pregnancy, uh, interestingly, knew that we had potential for some complications. My mom had had three miscarriages uh, before she, they adopted, my mom and dad adopted my brother, um, and then she got pregnant with me about two years later. So she, knowing her story, I went into the pregnancy process with some trepidation and just not really knowing what to expect and just praying that, you know, we would be able to have kids. And so when I when we got pregnant the first time, unfortunately, I miscarried about six weeks into my pregnancy. And again, it, it was it was very sad and traumatic, but also in a, in a strange way, not surprising. I guess in my mind, I had sort of prepared myself that that was a possibility. And so we we got through that process and didn't take long for us to get pregnant again. Um, we didn't wait as long as we probably should have, actually, but um, immediately we got pregnant a second time. And I was I was fearful, um, but just hopeful in the process. And um, as we were walking through that period of time, just really surrendering and praying, we were actually fairly new in our faith as a couple. Uh, I did not grow up in a Christian home, mm -hmm. and so I didn't really have a lot of uh, basis, um, but just was very new in my faith as a newlywed and as a potential parent. And so this was, this was you know, very new for us to be walking this together. But part of the way through my pregnancy, I started to have a few complications, and I went to the doctor. Um, they were concerned about a few things. And so uh, they sent me to Morgantown to have some tests done. I went the next day. They were able to squeeze me in. I was about 25 weeks pregnant at this point. And they realized pretty quickly that things were not going well. And um, the crazy thing about it was I hadn't taken any prenatal classes. I didn't really know much. We didn't know much as a couple about this whole thing, the birth process, you know, we, I just got out my maternity clothes for the first time and was pretty excited to just even get into the second half of my pregnancy. And they, they told me when I went to the hospital that I was not going to leave the hospital that day um, because my blood pressure was very high. They ran some tests and realized that things were, mm. things were serious. And this um, is how far into? 25 weeks 20 into my pregnancy. Okay. So I didn't even know, we didn't know that babies could be born at mm. any where near that mm -hmm. stage. We this was 1997. Yeah, things have come a long way, um, technology-wise. But even even now, uh, you know, 25-week baby is is very small. Mm -hmm. So um, they managed to hold off um, having to give birth. I guess I should say the only cure for what was ailing Christine was to give birth, and that's basically what they said. Mm -hmm. um, you know, shoot. Her body was treating the baby as though it was a foreign object, and the only real cure for it is to actually give birth. But they know the sooner that they actually, um, you know, give birth to the baby, the you know the tougher it will be for the mm -hmm. baby. So, I think you held off for five days, maybe six days, and we thought that things had settled down. Um, 
then we got a panic call and said, we have to deliver this baby right now. Mm. And so I set record time from, I happened to, I literally went back home for the first time in a couple of days and I got the call the next morning. I think I set the all time land speed record to drive from Wheeling to Morgantown. <laughs> uh, but, um, and that's when they had an emergency C-section and then Emily was born. So 25 weeks old. Um, man, that's a that's a pretty vulnerable state. So talk about that. And your new your new believers. You guys came to Christ after you got married, both of you. Or I was a Christian before. Okay, but I did it wrong and married a girl that wasn't a Christian. Okay, that's for another podcast. That's for another, <laughs> that's for another time. Evangelism dating. We'll yeah. talk about that <laughs> later. Well, th- by God's grace, it worked out, right? right. So uh, uh, Christine came to Christ. So now you're fairly young, Christine, in your faith. And man, you got you got a big challenge ahead of you. So talk about how you some of the things you were thinking, uh, fears about God. Just uh, what were what were the emotions that you had during that time? So by God's grace, we plugged into a church very quickly. We really just started growing in our faith, attending Bible studies. Um, Steve's mom was a very strong, is a very strong believer, and discipled me. Um, through the process of just learning about, you know, who God is and how he works. And um, actually, one uh, uh, tool that God used in my life was um, radio, Christian radio, was uh, essential. And, you know, I was home and just listening, just get getting all the information I possibly could. And so in those ways, we did feel somewhat prepared um, to walk into some trials. And looking back on both of our lives, um, I, my childhood was a little bit difficult. I had, I was, a um, in a divorced home. My brother, um, who was adopted, as I mentioned, had, was diagnosed with schizophrenia and he had multiple issues growing up. And so I know that even though I was not a believer, God was slowly preparing me for the potential to have difficulties in life and Mm -hmm. had given me some coping skills. And, you know, I didn't know what that looked like as a believer until later. Um, But even in Steve's family, you know, there were some difficult times. He had a brother who was profoundly disabled growing up. And so, you know, you can look back and see how God does prepare you for certain things. Um, but this was a brand new, very different, very unique situation that I don't think anybody could really prepare for. You know, you just walk into it and you step into it with, um, just eyes open and just having to really step off the plank a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think two things, um, that really stick out about that time, two things were the times that I was alone, um, were the most, some of the most powerful times um, I don't do – I'm, I'm more energized by people. I'm a people person. Um, however, sometimes when you're with a lot of people, you don't listen as well to mm-hmm. what God is trying to tell you. So the times that I was alone, I really felt like there were some uh, just awesome times of ministry that I could could listen. I could read God's Word um, and just grow deeper in my faith through those times. And then also the time that our community really stepped up. And as we were, because we dove right into the church, we just started developing that community. They came alongside us in ways that we never could have imagined the church could do um, in so, so many ways. So would you agree? Yeah. And I mean, when you when you do jump into a church, and in our case, a, a small group, it was never for that reason. You know, it's never, right. that's never necessarily in the back of your mind, boy, when our 
when our family hits tough times and then we'll have a real support system. But it did happen to be that. But that certainly wasn't the reason why why we jumped in, but we were very thankful for it. You know, I think a lot of, of uh, as you well said, you, you never think of joining a small group or being involved in community because tough times are going to be coming because we never expect those to come in our life, right? Mm-hmm. And we also know they, they're inevitable. They're going to come. And uh, for those listening, I just think it's so important, you know, to be in community, in a church, and then uh, you, can't, you can't know everyone and no one can know you. Uh, not everyone can know you, but you need to have that group that really steps up and encourages you even in the good times, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes the good times are the most dangerous because we think we got this covered. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and a small group is so important. You guys saw that. And, and felt that and experienced that uh, when Emily came at 20. Now she's 25 weeks. Yep, 25 And um, mm-hmm. she's probably hooked up to everything in the ICU. Mm-hmm. And you're going and, and um, feel kind of helpless probably. And you, got a whole, you know that a whole group of people, you, you, you know you're not alone in this. Mm-hmm. For sure. For being young Christians, and we don't know exactly where it all – well, we know where it came from. But um, – we were surprisingly calm, and and I, we felt a peace, you know, throughout the whole time. We um, didn't know exactly where that peace came from until later, mm-hmm. but um, it was it was really amazing because God placed us in circumstances where we felt like we were almost ministering to the other nurses and doctors that were, you know, almost almost not believing and and more upset than we were. I don't know Mm. if that's the right way to say it, but um, it almost, there were a couple nurses in particular. I remember just talking with them and it's almost like it's going to be okay. (laughs) Thank you for your compassion, but we think it's going to be okay. Mm. There's, there's a couple of really good stories that Christine should tell because I probably won't be able to make them through, uh, make it through them. But um, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, (laughs) I would say the most powerful thing and the reason why, we had peace uh, through a lot of the journey was when I came out of anesthesia, um, I was uh, pretty out of it. They had given me a lot of medication to help me just stay, you know, sedated and um, through a C-section recovery. And I just, you know, not growing up in church, I didn't really know a lot of stories about the Bible and about uh you know, just the, I knew very few, just the basics. And I was actually recovering and I just couldn't, I couldn't get the word Lazarus out of my head and I didn't know why. And so I said to Steve, I was like, Hey, you know, in in my kind of drugged up state then I said, Hey, is there a Bible in that drawer? And so we were in a recovery room in the Mm -hmm. ICU and he pulled out a Bible and I said, I I just don't know what this means. I don't know why the, the word Lazarus keeps going through my head. And so he f- went to the index of the Bible and looked up Lazarus and came upon the book of John where God, Jesus talks about bringing Lazarus from the dead and says this sickness will not end in death. And we have no idea, you know, why to this day, you know, the Holy Spirit uh, worked through that moment and gave us in that moment the peace that passes mm-hmm. understanding. And that's when, you know, shortly after that, was the doctor came in and started talking to us directly and just said, you know, she's very sick. She's extremely ill. And that's when we were able to, mm-hmm. oddly enough, reassure her that we were given peace. And we we didn't know the end of the story. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say that, that that convinced us every second that it was going to be okay right. and that, that we knew 
without a shadow of a doubt that she was going to live. But in that moment, it gave us just an amazing story of how God can work through his word. Mm. Mm. So a lot of peace. Mm, That's great. Well, tell the rest of the story. So um, uh, Emily is born, going through some tough times, and then uh, she's in the hospital for quite a while, I'm assuming. Three and a half months. Um, Mm. She spent 11 weeks on a ventilator. Um, She couldn't couldn't breathe on her own. Um, They had literally just started a new kind of ventilator called an oscillating ventilator, and it's probably commonplace now. But again, this was 1997, so she wasn't responding to a normal ventilator. So they tried this. I wouldn't say it was experimental, but it was a new kind. And they essentially had said, you know, if she doesn't respond to this, we don't really have anything else to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, in fact, it, fe- it feels like there were five or six times when they would say, we're going to try this treatment, we're going to try this medication. If this doesn't work, we don't know what else we're going to do. And then, you know, every time when they said that, it worked. So she just kept slowly making progress, slowly getting bigger. Um, and after about three and a half months, she was up to a whopping like four and a half pounds. And she was, she was one pound, 11 ounces oh, yeah. at birth. We, we never said that. that. Yeah, yeah, she was 111 when she was born. They so. actually gave us her weight in grams when she was first born. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. she was less than a thousand grams when she was mm, born. Yes. But um, so uh, obviously it was a long um you know, when you're going to a neonatal ICU, everything was, um, you know, it's just, it was just all out in the open then. I mean, th- there was one way in, one way out. Um, we would, Emily happened to be in the very first station as soon as you walked in, so all the other families would walk right by her, and she was even small for a NICU baby. Mm-hmm. And so it was, um, it was like a constant... It was a constant um, reminder about, you know, even as we were feeling peace, she has a long way to go. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was, it was a test in patience and, and endurance. But um, God had us right where He wanted us. One thing that I would encourage people to do when they're going through a trial is keep a journal. I um, kept a journal. I had a lot of time on my hands just sitting and, you know, uh, we couldn't be in back in that day. You couldn't be in the hospital with your child during shift change because all the nurses would talk to each other about the babies and with, but it was kind of before the HIPAA thing. So there really wasn't a whole lot of privacy, but they Mm -hmm. escorted you out and said, sorry, you can't be in here. So I spent a lot of time in the waiting room. Um, and so I just started getting paper from places and I just started jotting things down and because I knew that this was an important time in our lives and I knew that I wasn't going to remember everything. So I just started writing things down and I just this morning pulled out um, my journal of the time that I had spent and it just came back to me, you know, the details of the Mm. roller coaster that Mm. really is uh, extended time in the hospital and, and also the people. And it was amazing how the, the names that I wrote and the, the things that they had contributed to our journey and that we knew it wasn't just about us. And, and we were growing tremendously by leaps and bounds during this process by God's grace. But it was also about the people that we 
would be able to let into our lives. Um, I struggled a lot with self-sufficiency growing up as a, as a daughter of a single mother. I will just say I, I couldn't receive. I did not receive very well. I just thought I could do it all. I had it all under control. But when you are put in a position where you must receive, you cannot do everything. And you learn the valuable lesson of allowing others to bless you and to have an impact on your life. And, you know, when you're not given that choice to, uh, to do it all, um, you, you learn very quickly that others are very necessary for, mm -hmm. that, for walking that out. So that was a huge lesson that we both mm -hmm. learned. Mm -hmm. You learned it uh, during um, the time when Emily was born and you're in the hospital and then, uh, you know, by God's grace, Emily uh, got out and uh, uh, demonstrated health, and uh, and uh, she's a healthy 23-year-old today, right? Yep. Um, and you learned it another time as well, this uh, receiving blessings from other people. So uh, there was a time later on then when um, life's clicking, things are going well. I think it was around Christmas time, mm -hmm. and uh, you're you're just um, you know it's 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 a, it's a great time of life, and then boom, you learn Steve that your job's going away, mm -hmm. and you have family, and uh, kind of comes out of the blue. Mm -hmm. Talk about that experience, and uh, then the second, I'm sure there were other times, but another time when you really uh, learn how to uh, be blessed by other people in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was working for a large company at the time, and um, right around, uh, well, it, it was definitely in December because um, the division uh, where we all worked, um, the company decided to close it down, so everyone was out of a job, and they announced it the Monday after our company Christmas party, mm -hmm. so Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was the... Um, that was the first time that anything like that had ever happened to me. Um, I guess you can't you don't can't really prepare for that until it happens. Um, Emily and our son Adam were both very young. Um, our youngest Elizabeth wasn't born yet. In fact, let's see, that was two thousand. I was pregnant with. Elizabeth. Yes, that's right. You were pregnant with Elizabeth. Well, happy times. <laughs> so, uh, so pregnant with number three and job's about to go away, and you learn a lot about yourself when you go through that. You learn about where your security comes from. You learn about where your identity is. Um, you know, it's really easy to appear calm when you have a, you know, a nice uh, corporate career going. Everything's all nice and, and comfortable. But then when, when that gets taken away, you learn just how much you were putting your security and your identity in that and maybe not in some other things that are that are better. Uh, Steve, talk to the guy out there who's going through that same thing. Um, the story ends well, and for this person listening, mm -hmm. uh, God is good, mm -hmm. and God will. Uh, I love I love the uh, passage in uh, the the Psalm that says I, David says I've never uh, seen. Uh, a godly man forsaken or his children begging for bread. God right. always provides for us. Right. But um, he's listening, and, uh, you know, there's, there's no job on the horizon. And mm -hmm. as you say, your identity is kind of shattered for a little bit, and you have to realize, okay, 
who who am I apart mm-hmm. from my job? Who mm-hmm. am I in Christ? Uh, talk to that person a little bit and just uh, walk them through some of the things that they need to be thinking through and praying through uh, during this um, this pause in their in their life. Yeah, well, you said it well. I mean, you, you start to seek, you start to ask yourself the questions: Who am I? Um, was I really this strong Christian that I thought I was, or was it really just a sham because things were comfortable in my life? So um, I don't know about you, but I get closer to God, right or wrong, when things are tough. And so I just dove straight into the Word. I dove into some, dove further into some some godly relationships, and God showed me a lot of things. He revealed a lot of things that were um, that I didn't even know were there. Um, good and bad, to where I was keeping things from him or I thought I had things under control. Um, for me, it was just a lot about um, control and who really was in control and did I trust him when things were hard. So the the practical side of that was just being more vulnerable, just to be able to talk through and not be embarrassed or not feel like I was being judged uh, by those around me, whether they were you know, other family members or, or friends, particularly guys. It just seems like that, that happens more mm-hmm. with, the, uh, with your guy friends mm-hmm. uh, than, than as much with your family. But it definitely uh, equips you to be able to have a lot of those conversations later on. You don't realize that at the time. God is equipping you and God is preparing you uh, to maybe pass that, pass that on to someone else that's going through the same mm-hmm. thing. So my, my main advice would be to just believe in his promises. All those things that he says he will do, you know, your, your children will, will not grow hungry, those are true. Mm-hmm. So God's promises always come true. Um, people's promises may not always come true, but if you boil it all down to what you truly put your faith in, which, where your identity truly is, he always, he always is there. Mm-hmm. He comes through. It's not always a happy story, but he's always there. Yeah, yeah. Christine, talk about that from um, a wife's point of view because you have Emily, you have Adam, and you have one on the way. Um, Things have been great, right? Uh, Good job. Things have been going well. And now uh, you wake up one day to realize that uh, uh, you don't have a job. You want to support Steve, and you're supporting Steve, and yet there's – you know, some consternation in your own heart, like, you know, when's this going to turn around? So you're kind of, you get your own fears, you're trying to support Steve, you got the reality of, you know, putting food on the table and, and paying for the house and, and living life. Uh, talk a little bit about what you were going through during this time. I would say the challenging role of the wife at this point is how do I, how do I stay strong myself and not put that extra pressure that he's already feeling because I know that he feels that deeply. One of, one of his, uh, you know, the most amazing things is qualities that I love about him is just his responsibility. He takes, you know, his responsibility as a breadwinner very seriously and, it's heavy on his heart. So I I knew that my job was not to put more pressure on him because I knew he was already (laughs) doing that for himself. Um, So it was mainly getting kind of back into survival mode. I I feel like I almost dug into 
a little bit of my past and knowing, you know, some of the difficult times that I went through, um, how did I survive that? And, you know, just I didn't want to get into my my head too much, but then taking, I guess, my survival skills throughout my childhood and early adulthood and then adding Christ to mm. to that, to the strength that I feel like I, I gained growing up. And then Christ on top of that was exponentially more than what I could have done. Um, to, to do that. So I guess I had to work on myself. I had to dig into where was my faith in this and then also be a support and come alongside Steve through that process. Um, so it was a scary time. I think it was just, um, but in a strange way, again, because we had been through, you know, the tough times with Emily and, uh, you know, I knew that there, there's excitement that also there's anticipation and there's, Mm -hmm. There, there's, um, there is freshness to what God is showing you that He has never done, showing you things in your walk, and and in a strange way, I was embracing this season, um, knowing that He does teach us immensely through times of trouble, and just looking, you know, it opens your spiritual eyes a little bit to see the things around you, the, the ways that he provides, it builds your faith. It, you know, if you let it, instead mm-hmm. of tearing it down, if you let it build your faith. Um, we learned a lot about needs versus wants during that time. Um, you know, maybe this is a mundane example, but, you know, our washer might have been acting up and, you know, I would have said, oh, this is acting up. Let's go get a new one. Instead, oh, how can we fix this for a lot less than going out and buying a new one? Um, our kids were in private school at that time, and we got to watch God provide. And so they didn't have to change schools during that time, even though we went from, you know, a wonderful salary with benefits to zero salary. And so those dramatic times when you see God just working and working and working and building on the faith that you've already um, begun to build. It's it's pretty exciting, actually. So I've heard you tell a story about uh, Christmas came. Oh yeah, there wasn't a lot of money for gifts, so you uh, got creative uh, and and started a tradition that you still that you kept for many years. And I'll pass this over to Steve because he's actually the the oh, expert. Oh okay. <laughs> um, well, when kids are younger, yeah, it, it's amazing that. Um, I mean, they care about presents. I mean, kids kids learn to care about things pretty quickly, but it's more about just uh, being together as a family and doing fun things together. And so we found some fun things to do together that didn't involve spending a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of our go-tos every Christmas day is to have a treasure hunt. Um, the word treasure is probably in quotations because it's <laughs> not necessarily treasure. Uh but we would set up, you know, a fun and somewhat challenging uh, time for them to go search throughout the house and maybe even throughout the neighborhood for various things. And the prize would be something not that great, to be honest with you. But they loved it. They ate it up. And now, uh, you know, 20 years later, we're still doing it. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was it was just one example of something that we did. And I just think it, it just allowed us to... Um, just have a, a, a greater perspective mm-hmm. on what it meant to give, what it meant to receive, uh, how much, you know, material things meant to us or didn't mean to us. And it's like, this is a good reality check. Mm-hmm. This is a good perspective that we may not have ever had before. That's cool. 
necessity is the mother of all invention. Someone right. has said, I don't know where, I don't know what Bible verse to put with that, but sometimes <laughs> in scripture, right? Um, yeah. Or in our, in our lives, in our spiritual yeah. lives, uh, God gets us at a point where, where we need to do some things differently mm-hmm. and we can still do, do uh, some cool things in a fun way with our kids mm-hmm. uh, that don't involve um, uh, some of the resources that maybe right. we had used in the past. Right. So, uh, so, uh, Christine, there is someone listening today, and uh, they're without a job, and their husband is busting it, trying to find a job, and going through all the all the um, processes of that, and and um, you know he's he's um, getting discouraged, and um, that wife may be getting a little discouraged too, and you said something earlier. You didn't want to put extra pressure on Steve because you already knew he was putting enough on himself. So talk to that individual. Uh, there's some fear. Uh, there's some anxiety. Always easier looking back, right? Mm-hmm. God provided, and we know he will, but, man, when you're in it, mm-hmm. it, it can be tough. So encourage that per, that wife and mother going through a, a time when they're, they're without the resources of a – they're without income. Mm-hmm. So – I would say instead of, and we had a lot of conversations, don't get me wrong, but instead of the anxiety that it might cause to can just continually have conversations, just the two of us, I would go to good friends, um, not in a complaining way, not in a, you know, just, just for prayer, you know, just um, asking, you know, they knew our situation they, you know, they would help us when they could. And, and just, again, going back to that learning to receive concept of being in community and, and learning what it is to receive, not only materially, but just prayer. You know, it, it taught me to ask for prayer. There mm-hmm. were times that I just would carry a lot on my own. And just having that close group of especially women friends. Actually, I'll give a plug to um, our church moms together uh, groups, mops groups, moms groups. Uh, that was invaluable as we were walking through mm. that time together. Of you know, we had our table and we would all talk about the things that were um, heavy on our hearts, and it gave us an opportunity as women to share um, just those carrying those things together, motherhood and and being a wife, and um, so definitely learning from others that had gone through those times as well. And that's why we're all here for each other. So just developing yourself and and sur- surrounding yourself with, again, back to the community thing, I guess I can't say it enough. Um, and then, you know, being able to be be at my best when I did go to Steve and then when we did talk about it and being able to just, again, take some of that undue pressure. Um, but yet not dodge the topic. It was the mm-hmm. topic. It, that's all we could talk about for a while, you know, and, and I would check in with him. How are you doing? Are you okay? Um, but, yeah, just, just being at my best so that I could be, you know, a, in, in a healthy way to come alongside him. Yeah, I mean, it's hard enough situations when, um, you know, life can be, be tough when you're looking for a job and, you know, that's all you can think about and you're obsessed. And then if you pile on top of that um, major you know, relational problems between husband and wife, that almost makes it unbearable. Mm -hmm. So make sure to care for your relationship with your significant other Mm -hmm. if you are married, um, whether you're the wife or the husband, um, because that that just makes all the difference. And um, you had asked a little earlier, Ron, about, you know, advice. 
it's been it's been my experience that every time I really want to know something and I ask God and I you know really seek um, pray about it um, you know do everything in my whether it's fasting whatever it may be if if I really want to know God will always tell me and it might not always be the same way but if I'm truly listening and I'm truly being sensitive to his promptings whether it's through scripture whether it's through circumstances whether it's through other people he's always going to give you the answer and it, it's not necessarily a magic answer. It could just be keep doing what you're doing, and I'm going to provide just trust. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it'll be try this, or Lord, I'm just wondering. And I, I've always felt like when we're at our when we're at the end of ourselves, and we truly want to know, He will always tell us. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. And so for you, uh, Steve, uh, your. Um, Losing your job led you into a new venture to go into business for yourself and, mm-hmm. and kind of take on a, a new step of faith in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we definitely don't want to make it make the story sound like, you know, once I found a job, then, yay, everything was all better. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Glad we don't have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. But we, we decided to actually um, go ahead and, and open a business, start it from scratch, um, Zero customers, zero sales. Uh, so that's always a lot of fun with three kids. Mm-hmm. But uh, and it was just a it was it was a continual learning experience. I guess it was very exciting, um, but it was extremely challenging uh, just to kind of get used to the new normal. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this wasn't uh, this wasn't an overnight thing, or it wasn't even necessarily a short season of saying, "Oh, we lost our job," and then we found something else, and then everything was was different just the the path that we ended up choosing um we made a nice long learning experience <laughs> it wasn't uh it wasn't a short one um, well we i, I would call I'm not it sure a, we've graduated yet right 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 i would call it a desert season there was definitely a desert oh, yeah. season for a while and you know you just uh just be finishing up reading about moses wandering in the desert um mm. and just but again you know the you don't want to forget about the desert Right. The desert is where you gain a lot, and you know it's it's dry, but there are, there are glimmers in the desert mm-hmm. for sure. So let me ask you guys a couple of questions as, as we wrap up. So um, you, you've gone through um, some challenging things uh, with uh, with your first child, Emily, and then a job situation, and no doubt there have been many other things as well, right? Uh, and uh, you know, in life, there are these inevitable challenges we go through. Uh, so, Christine, I'm going to start with you. As you as you look back uh, over those years, uh, desert times, dry times, sometimes great times of, you know, when the job's going well and the kids are healthy can be spiritually dry times. Uh, what did you learn about yourself and what did you learn about yourself and God? So as as we often talk about, uh, as you often referred in your sermons, God never wastes our time. I, in the process of looking back over my life, can see his hand in so many things. And I think if we let ourselves go back, even to those times during our childhood, where things seem to make no sense at times, or um, maybe, you know, are very, very difficult, uh, God 
was always there, even though I didn't know he was there. I didn't acknowledge him for the first 23 years of my life as being a part of my life. But seeing the value of your story and how that shapes who you are and knowing that your story isn't it's, it's my story, but it's not my story. And being able to own it, understand it, and then share it because, you know, that I think that's what one of our main purposes on this earth is to do, is to share what God has done for us. Um, so I would say about myself, uh, I am, I'm a sinner <laughs> who, by God's grace, has come to know the saving knowledge of Jesus and um, is my des- my largest desire is to be used. And, mm. um, you know, it, it's interesting because in the, the ministry of worship that we're in, um, I'm, I'm actually not really an all-out-there person. I, I, I am, am best with a few people. I'm not generally a big crowd person. And so, but a while ago, I just really felt led that I was supposed to lead worship. And, and it, it's been a journey and it has, it's, has had its difficult moments and it's had its wonderful moments. But I think the biggest thing I've learned about that is obedience and just mm. being sensitive to knowing that even though this isn't necessarily my personality, it's not about me at all. It's being obedient and willing to do what I think God has called me to do. So... If that answers the question, what have I learned about myself? It's just being willing to be used and understanding my story. Um, things I've learned about God uh, is so, are so many. And the, the biggest thing I've learned as I've gotten older is there's so much more to learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the lifetime journey that he takes us on is amazing. And the I think I've been discovering in this season just how very personal God is, you know, even though he's, we can't understand his character. We can't, we can begin to understand his character. We can't understand everything about his character. He knows us and he knows how to speak to us and to, he's just such a personal God. And that's what I love about him is that, and he speaks to all of us differently and in different ways. Um, so that's, that's kind of the season I'm in just listening, just listening. Yeah. Well, we all, wherever we are in our life, man, there's so much more to learn, right? Mm -hmm. We think uh, if we ever think we have arrived, God reminds us Mm -hmm. that we have not. So, uh, Steve, talk about about what you've learned about yourself and learned about God in in the last years. Uh, A couple things. I I alluded to one thing earlier, and that was um, I learned a lot about where my identity truly was, and Mm -hmm. it wasn't always in him. And... um, God and I have had a lot of a lot of sessions over the years <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to 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 work through that, and uh, even things that I didn't wasn't even aware of uh, to where I was wrapping up my identity in things that had nothing to do with Him or my relationship with Him. Um, what I learned about Him is somewhat similar to what Christine said, but it's that He cares about all the details of our lives. You know, I I don't know if, if you're like me as a guy in that, you know, you don't want to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Eh, I'm not going to bother my neighbor for this because he's busy. 
or I'm not going to bother God with this because he's busy. He's got a lot of other more important things in the universe to deal with, so I don't need to bring this to God. Not that we focus on our, I don't want to make it sound like we want to just sit at home and be, you know, wallow in, in pity and focus on ourselves all the time and bring it to God, but he does legitimately care about everything in mm. our lives. Mm. So if we have that conversational relationship with him to where we can just bring it before him, he cares. And often he'll blow you away in terms of how he does care about it and what he will do if you're just looking for it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So there are going to be some people listening, and they're going through uh, some tough times, as, as you guys have experienced. And, uh, Steve, what I'd ask you to do is uh, if you'd close us in prayer mm-hmm. and uh, just pray for uh, those who are, who are uh, facing some of the times or, that are in some of those times that you guys have experienced. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, ask that uh, God is real to them as he has been real to you guys. Mm-hmm. Sure. Lord God, thank you for this time together um, that we can share um, these important and powerful things about you. Um, I pray that um, anyone who's listening out there um, that might need to hear these things, that you would touch their heart, that, um, that they would know that you care about um, their situation. Um, I pray that you place people in their paths that would remind them of your promises, to know that you are always in control. Lord, whether times are good or bad in our lives, you are there. We tend to focus on you more when uh, times are tough. But Lord, I also pray for the people out there that that you know, may not be going through anything in particular, and I pray that they are still drawn to you, Lord, that they would still seek hard after you. And Lord, for the people out there that are struggling, I pray that you've been peace, that you would maybe connect with them for the first time or reconnect with people um, that you already know. So we place these tough situations in your hands, where, however they may be um, out there. And we thank you for your grace and mercy on our lives, even when we fall short. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.